Greetings, this is J.R. Dickey. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. And by the way, don't forget our website, graceandtruth.net. I hope you're having a great day, but if not, hang with me. It's about to get better. Okay, today we're going to talk about a real powerful lesson I hope you will really enjoy. I call it To Eternity and Beyond. Let's get started. Boom! That's the sound in your heart when this message sinks in. The first interaction God had with man after creation was to have him name the animals, by which he almost by definition had to determine something about them. In other words, it was a lesson for him, and apparently he got the point because right after that, God put him under and then created his mate, to which he reacted saying, This one finally is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, because this one was taken out of man. That's Genesis 2.23. So, We can say that right from the beginning, as soon as God made man in his image, his intent was to teach us. And he set the stage for the next lesson when, just prior to this, he planted a garden in Eden, a true paradise, and placed man in it to tend it. He also planted two trees in the center of the garden, one being a source of life and the other a source of the knowledge of evil. Uh, Now you may say, wait a minute, that other tree was the source of the knowledge of good and evil, but bear in mind, man was at this point good. God said so, and since he knew fellowship with God, he definitely knew good. So, What remained was the knowledge of evil. Thus, it makes sense that to remain at peace in paradise, you would want to obey God's command, to abstain from eating its fruit. But we all know the story. Eve disobeyed Adam, Adam disobeyed God, and they both ate of it. And just as God promised, they died. First spiritually, and ultimately physically. So, the immediate lesson was the consequences of disobeying God are, mm, let's just say, not good. But the much bigger lesson is God's end game. To teach us, and I submit, the whole of the cosmos, both seen and unseen, God's nature, Just as God understood something of the animals' natures in order to name them, so he needed even more to understand some of God's nature, for he and Eve had believed the serpent's lies about God, his nature, and his motives. You see, as Genesis chapter 2 says, Yahweh God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may surely eat, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat from it. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. However, the serpent told Eve, from Genesis chapter 3, You surely will not die, for God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened 
that you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The serpent was planting the thought in her that God was holding back, that he did not want her to be like him. In this way, he was intentionally denigrating the Lord's character and motives. Of course, in the process, he was lying. Jesus said about Satan, he is a liar and the father of lies. It's John 8, 44. But the truth is just the opposite. God does indeed want us to know him, to intimately know his nature, to know who he is. And this lesson is deeply integrated into our entire existence. The Bible says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, a man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden to till the ground from which he was taken. That's in Genesis 3, 22 and 23. So clearly, we can see that part of God's nature and motive is to protect us. For if we lived forever with evil in our knowledge or being, we would become like Satan and his demons, even in exile and becoming mortal. Man increased so much in evil that by the time of Noah, the world became a hell hole. In fact, Genesis 6 says, Now the earth was or became corrupt before God. And the earth was or became filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was or became corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Genesis 6, 11-13 Nevertheless, those who want to still believe the serpent's lies Say, oh, you see, God is cruel. He doesn't love man. He exiled us so we would not live forever. They miss the whole point. But God is patient, and his purposes are never thwarted. He corrected the desperately downward spile of man with the flood and started over with Noah. Meanwhile, he shortened man's lifespan to rein in the growth of evil and continue to fulfill the plan of salvation through the coming of Jesus Christ. You see, it was always God's intention to give us eternal life. In fact, before any of the creation, he promised seemingly first to himself and later to us to do just that. For the scripture records in Titus chapter 1, verse 2, Quote, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. 1 John 2, 25. Yes, the twofold lesson was and is, evil will kill you, but God is life, eternal life. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Yes, Jesus showed us the true nature of God the Father, the love, the mercy, the kindness, the forgiveness, the grace, on and on it goes. He showed us the way, the truth, and the life, and he told us plainly in John 17, 3, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Contrary to the serpent's lies, God wants us to be like him, to live forever with him, to spend eternity knowing him better and better. It's an eternal existence with a quality of life beyond description. The scripture says, For eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. 1 Corinthians 2.9 And the only way this is accomplished is when you accept by faith the grace found in Jesus Christ. Boom! For further contemplation, Jesus said in John 6.51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, and which I shall give for the life of the world. And in Matthew 19, 29, he said, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. And lastly, John 10, 28, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Thank you, Lord. Now may the Lord grant you peace in the midst of any storm and faith to trust him. Look for our next podcast and may you realize more of his grace today.